Hello, welcome adventurers to the Travelogue, a podcast which I, Stephen Hoffert, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her, will be diving into the world of Faerun from the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game. We will go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore, as well as suggestions on what type of counters you can run in the area, or what type of character you can create whose background is based in the area. This week, we're covering Everesca. Lily, which of the numerous frog folk in D&D are your favorite? Grung. Grung? I mean, I do like a good old Bullywug. Bullywugs are but, fun. Uh, no, the Grungs are the best. <laughs> Especially, okay, look up Bullywug Knight from Wildly on the Witchlight. Like, just Google it okay. right now and tell me that isn't your favorite frog you've Let ever seen. Let me look it up, Bullywug Knight. Yeah, Bullywugs, I know, they have such a funny name. They kind of seem like like British toads, like... Oh, a bullywug. Yeah, just wait. Just wait till you okay. see this bullywug knight. He's he's smelling a rose and everything. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh he, yeah, he is. When you think of when you think of prissy British noble knight, this is what you picture, right? Oh yeah, no, look at this. Like all the flourishes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, he he's he in particular is my favorite frog folk. This particular bullywug. Otherwise. Grung, I just, I really like how small they are. I really like that their names are like bop right. and stuff. Like we had that one that was named Boom-Bop. Right. That was great. Boom-Bap, great name. I love that they have the uh, punctuation in their names. I also really like their uh, poisons. Mm. They have really interesting poisons. Like that one poison that makes you shout yeah. everything. I like that it's not just like poison damage. It's like, if you touch me, you won't be able to be quiet. Yeah, no. Yeah, very funky. funky. Where are they from? Chalt? Where are they from? I don't remember off the top of my head. They're jungle, though. Mestika? They're they're not from... I mean, they might be yeah, Mestika also, yeah. but they are from Faerun. They're probably from Chalt, but there's two mm, jungles, okay. and I can't remember exactly which one they're from. I think they're from... Yeah, I can't remember exactly which one, but they're jungle slavers. Right, 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 right. But yeah, jungle-based. I also like, I think, their caste system that has to do with their colors is for me kind of interesting because it leaves a lot of room for whatever kind of character concept you want like break the mold or you know if i was one of the upper cast i realized one day while treating one of the lower cast poorly that holy crap we're doing everything wrong and now i'm adventuring to redeem myself right Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think that's kind of interesting yeah yeah it's very interesting i don't if i'm recalling correctly i don't think it's like a caste system where it's like the lower ranks that are pretty much slaves it's just like mm-hmm. if you're blue you make art if you're like red you fight uh, if you're purple mm-hmm. you lead because you're the smartest and if you're green you do instead of art you do uh like carpentry okay you know so i like that their caste system is more like yeah yeah you know your job <laughs> i've always found that funky the marsh of chilimber is home to thousands of lizard folks bullywugs muck dwellers and sieves their numbers were sorely depleted when the beholders enslaved many tribes to fight on behalf of the Faerims, but the population has since rallied the marsh dwelling tribes battle constantly amongst themselves uniting only to repel incursions of serpent folks from the serpent hills the Civ-dominated Order of the Frog is a real power in the marsh, although individual beholders of shattered Grey Peak hives are given wide berths, and the Catolopass, a miserable mix of buffalo, dinosaur, warthog, and hippopotamus that lives in swamps, are feared by all. Oh, yeah, Catopopass? Yeah, Catopopass. They're very weird-looking creatures. They... Yeah, they have fantastic lore. I love them so much. Uh, what's what's the yeah. lore? Are they they made? 
They're like, because of, well, because of the way they look, they're often seen as they're, they stand really far away, right? And if you look at them, their tail looks like the head of a great dinosaur or dragon, and their head looks like a tail because of the way they stand. And so people see them as uh, like omens. And like mystical sightings, when in reality, it's just this weird llama thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like hags really like them because they have like surprisingly funky abilities for like like they they would be a very fun fight even though they're just a weird llama guy yeah yeah they're very cool very unique looking which i'm always excited to see something more bestial but unique uh in dnd but i like because of their lore with the uh kind of they they're considered like omens and sightings and stuff um i think you could come up with a really cool kind of quest line where you know the village has been seeing that on the top of the hills just the uh mm-hmm. it's kind of like the um the Loch Ness monster, right? People right, and right. so I think that would be kind of funky. And then it turns out it's just this like gross swamp llama thing, <laughs> who's actually surprisingly yeah. hard to fight. Like I think it has like an aura and it coughs up gross stuff on you or something. <laughs> they're cool. I like them. Yeah, they're very cool. Also, real quick, I didn't know Siv yeah. were another frog folk. And oh yeah, we'll we'll get into Siv. They're very fun. The picture for them on on the wiki is cool and i like it the marsh was formed when the principality of the snarling boar 457 dr to 692 dr named for the legendary adventurer borskier was inundated by water elementals in the aftermath of a spell battle between two powerful archmages today many of the Borskirian ruins that still dot the marsh are inhabited by brotherhoods of monastic sieves other ruins are too magical or intimidating for the marsh inhabitants to tamper with. The waggishly named Dunk Apple Castle, which hangs upside down in its spires in the muck at the head of the winding water, was once the abode of the Wizards of the Crag, but is now home to a huge thirst of sturges. Creepy mosquito things that are beasts for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most famous ruin is the Keep of the Drowned Prince, which once served as a royal seat of Borskir, but the realm's last ruler, Prince Chalember the Proud, became a powerful white. Guarding his riches in the depths of the flooded keep, his courtiers, a ravenous pack of Lacedons, attended him there. Some cool ancient kingdom. It'd be a cool uh, dungeon to go through. I really like the idea of a dungeon half sunk into a swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd have some really funky traps so you can get away with a huge variety of creatures. I think it's quite cool. Yeah, and like if, say, you're players swim through certain parts and they you know they have water breathing but what and whatever but like it's muddy murky water so it's like foggy like you can't see around it's like being in a fog cloud i think that'd be really cool also this this prince white i think i'd enjoy a lot yeah i really like that it's quite cool um sieves were frog-like humanoid creatures that lived in the ruins of the marches of chalimber sieves preferred to rule from the shadows orchestrating communities of swamp-going races like Lizardfolk and acting as the true ruling powers. The Lizard King, known as King Krant, was the nominal ruler of the March of Chalimber, yet his authority rarely extended beyond his immediate servitors, and it was the Civ-dominated Order of the Frog that was the real power behind the throne. Civs were believed, especially by Bullywugs themselves, to have an intense rivalry with Bullywugs, but this was nothing but a facade. They occupied the inner area of the swamp and only allowed the Bullywugs to survive to act as a barrier between them and outside forces due to their appreciation for privacy and isolation. 
The other reason was that bullywogs tasted especially palatable to the sieves. Attempts by the amphibians to conquer outside lands held by humans and goblinoids always failed, leaving them surprised. Yo, I love that, like, okay, no shade to the sieves themselves here, but yeah. all the shade to whoever wrote this. Order of the Frog? <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's my great cabal of evil wizards that lurk in the shadows. They're called the Order of Human. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you kidding? What? That's true. That's fair. What? They couldn't have come up with anything better? These are sentient Crete Order of the yeah. Frog? We are the Order of the Elf. <laughs> I mean, that sounds a bit better, I guess, but not really. It's like, oh, what are they, elves? How original. <laughs> come on. Order of the murky depths yeah, yeah, anything yeah, no, uh, yeah. any order of the long and tongue like, order of the be frog if you're like humans maybe that's but fine yeah. if you, but you're frogs it's if you're not frogs <laughs> it's fine it's just weird going around being like it's like whoa. yes we're the order of the humans said the six human paladins what? it would be funny to have an what? order of like elves be we're the order of humans it's just like wait yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's offensive or not. <laughs> yeah, right. Besides that hilarious name that uh, I... Depending on the nature of the quest, I would either change it because I want it to be not silly or keep it for the meme value mm -hmm. because I bet at least one player would be like, wait, you're called the Order of the Frog and you're a bunch of frogs? <laughs> a little bit nail on the head. But otherwise, sweet. I love this uh, frog folk cabal. <laughs> like the... Uh, the arcane brotherhood or the uh zentarum but frogs it's so funny just put your your most like intense backstabbing game of thrones-esque political intrigue frog world yeah exactly put your most like your darkest political intrigue storyline you have in your mind here and just make it all sieves and frog folk have you ever read redwall yes yes i have i love redwall that's 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 it's just redwall yeah. but frogs <laughs> Oh, that's, that's great! So I love that. I also, I also really like the idea of you going through the swamp and the bullywugs are like, "Hmm, yes, we're rival forces matched one by one, our greatest rivals." And then you go to the sieves and they're like, "Rock the bullywugs? What are you talking about? Those guys suck. We don't care about them. Yeah, they're tasty. I we guess. just had three. Just <laughs> we just had four of them for breakfast. <laughs> we just let them think they're strong. It's good. It's they're good to keep around. We're not scared of them at all. We're not rivals. We barely even know them. Or go to like a city or town that's near. I know Hardbuckler or something that's near March of Chilember, and they're like, yeah, we've been having like a weird. Frogs have been attacking our walls. If you want to just go check that out, like we'll pay you. And you go and you see them. They're like have like see like plans and like war tents and everything. And they're like, yes, we will conquer the human the the halflings. <laughs> and you're like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> also, I love that it says that they're uh, they're surprised that their attempts to conquer outside lands fails when like. I don't think there's a playable frog race or any frog race. Maybe bullywugs. I'm unsure. But like, they all have to be fully submerged in water at least once every X amount of time. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, of course you're not being able to conquer water deep. What are you going to do? Ask the armies to take a break while you go for a swim? Right. <laughs> like you just naturally, if you're not out of your environment, you frogs, you have a disadvantage. <laughs> Yep. Sorry, I think it'd be really funny if somehow you could fit this quest line in where they attack Borskir Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. And so they all they all need to get 
wet, right? right? So they jump into the waters there, but the waters there are poisoned always. Oh, no, yeah. And it's just this huge upset that's like this huge mistake that they never could have seen coming. Well, they could have seen coming if they, uh, you know, did more research or something. I think there's something there. I don't know what it yeah. is quite, but I think that would be a really great uh, little scene, backstory, something. I think there's some way to fit that in because they're close. That would be cool. That'd be very cool. Or funny. Yeah, neither <laughs> are. The Forgotten Forest was a forest known as the Home of the Fae. Belligerent treants and an immortal druid who would give guidance to whoever were able to find him in the dark woods. They also say that the Shadowfell sits closely to this forest. Next to it lies the Lonely Moor, a vile moor inhabited by gnolls, bugbears, and Aumvor's castle. That's cool. A little uh, forest that we all forgot about. Yep. Nice place to have a druid. If you're playing by 2E rules, then a uh, very important forest yeah. if you have a druid. Why? You had to, in 2E, the only way for a druid to level up was to find a druid one level higher than you oh. and kill them. What? What? Yeah, that was the only... So everyone else would get to level 10, and you'd be like, sorry, guys, we have to go find a 10th level druid, and I gotta, gotta beat, murder beat them. them up in, in 1v1 combat. I have to go kill them. That's wild. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's the, it's the dumbest thing I've so ever weird. heard. Could you imagine? Yeah, what? <laughs> You're not allowed to level up until you go find a druid and kill them. You better get some really good things from leveling up. <laughs> I, I think you just got the same stuff as everyone else. Oh, jeez. Once known as the Tomb Hills, the high grass-girt hills of Greycloak were settled by the elves of Everesca a few decades ago, ostensibly to deal with the many banshees there. Now they're always cloaked in mists, part of a powerful ward that warns the elves of intruders and negates certain magics. The name Greycloak Hills comes from these mists and the gray cloaks worn by the elves dwelling there, who call their land Greyhome. That's cool. I like... Uh... It's very cool. I like the whole mist part. I like that the mist is like a secret alarm spell or whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, I like that, I don't know, the Everesca elves are, because I don't know if I've read the exact lore we're going to get into about Everesca or not, but um, they're kind of the archetypal elf mm -hmm. in my mind, in the sense that like, I don't know, oftentimes yeah. elves are depicted as like, you know, they hide away. They're kind of like, don't come into our kingdom. We're really nice and everything, but if we don't grant you passage, then we're terrifying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They kind of like hide away in their secret elven cities that are so difficult to find in the forest or whatever. And I know we've touched on those in other episodes with mythals and stuff. But I feel like Everesca just really captures it really well. It really does, yeah. And yeah, I like this whole kind of like gray cloaks in the mist. Like I can imagine uh, describing to your party, like marching up through the mists, uh, this like misty mountain. Uh, and like you see weird shapes in the mist and like they get ready for a fight and it's the elves who like just tell them to turn back. There's also a really nice piece of art that I don't think is canon at all. Right. But there's a really nice piece of art on google that someone drew that has it on in the middle of a canyon it looks really nice cool. this white elven city i'll look it up ah, it's cool i like it there's little for a traveler to visit gray home for now that the strong elven patrols block all access to the magic rich tombs of the fallen kingdom these patrols are sometimes bolstered by the walker in the mists a golem formed from solid mist in the Fallen Kingdom, adventurers in early years found tomb after tomb of long-dead war kings, both human and elven. Rumors in the Halfway Inn speak of elven warriors training extensively in the high meadows of Greyhome and of magically aiding digging going on there. 
The digging is rumored to be the construction of a cavern homes for the elves to retreat to should they be driven out of Evereska, since Zentarum and Orc attempts to tunnel into the rich Vale grow more numerous every year. The elves could also be excavating Nethery's treasures, of course. Travelers and venturers beware. The elves aid visitors they favor by offering an empty borrow tomb as a camping place, but they deal harshly, that is, fatally with those who they deem tomb robbers. Pretty cool. Digging. Yep. Don't rob their tombs. No, they're digging for some reason. That's a they're that's digging. a plot hook. Yeah, what are they digging for? What are they looking that's for? A, that's a plot hook. Also, Golem miss miss Golem oh, yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Like you piss them off and like you get hit by something in the mist and you're like, but you don't see anything. You get hit again, but you don't see anything. And they're like, wait a second. It is the mist. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Oh, actually, that could be a really cool thing. I'm going to just take, you can, you could do the mist golem. I, I, maybe it has snap stats, but I'm thinking of if it doesn't, of like to hit you, it has to take all of the mist around it and form like a more solid entity so like the mist will contract when it's like being solid and gonna hit you and then expands uh, afterwards when it like doesn't want to get hit back uh so you can only deal damage when it like consolidates into its solid form that'd be pretty cool i think i would just use the yeah. invisible assassin stat block mm. because you're mm. only fighting it in mist you can't see where it right. is and the mist is you know um yeah that's fair but yeah the idea that you couldn't really only attack it with uh readied actions is kind of funky mm-hmm Evereska, this verdant valley and walled city of elves is the greatest known concentration of moon elves, fair folk remaining in Faerun, a beautiful culture place where few are welcome. Evereska Vale is encircled by supposedly unconquerable mountains and can only be entered via gate through a narrow, well-guarded cleft east of the halfway inn or from a loft. There are rumors of gate linkage with Waterdeep, the island elven realm of Evermeet, and ruined spellguard. Elven archers patrol the skies on giant eagles to prevent unwanted intrusions, and wards of the strongest sort prevent teleportation into or out of the Vale. Some sages believe the Vale is defended by the magics of the elven deity Corion Larathin himself. I think that's they themselves. Larathion? Larathion them, themselves. Its defenses certainly do include bolts of hurled magic that strike from the sky to smash hostile armies. Few beings venture within 10 miles of the foothills of Everestian Mountains without being seen by the elves of one of the many ever-vigilant watchposts and mobile patrols. Don't expect to get into Everesca unless you have a legitimate business or you're an elf or you can persuade an elf to escort you in. Harbor pins are usually known to grant passage, but will still put you under great scrutiny. Dwarves, orcs, and the like are usually not admitted whatever their aims. So here you get some elven uh, racism. Yep. Yep. The classic elves hating dwarves and orcs. Yep. Also, I don't know if it was written today. Maybe Coralon. All the reference material refers to Coralon as he, him. Okay. And uh, he's had a bunch of relationships in the past, but it is called the blessing of Coralon. And it does say that he's able to like change at the drop of a hat. And he is described as like androgynous like impossibly androgynous yeah is the thing right um and if you look at the art they try their best to do that in kind of weird 3e art yeah <laughs> so like i don't know if he was made today 
maybe he would be they them i don't know i like the idea right. of gender neutral Coralon though just because i mean it's called the blessing of Coralon and stuff but also i don't really know Coralon feels beyond gender like feels yeah like all gods honestly in my opinion do but like especially Cor- uh, Coralon. yeah i mean i kind of think the take of gods being beyond gender is a uh, kind of tried try but yeah, yeah it just um, it's 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 a very human concept i feel like yeah i know but i mean at least in the nature of D, the gods are almost more human than humans in a lot of aspects like they're not no 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 yeah very true well forgotten realms yeah very true they're just people who are i mean even in like not even just in the forgotten realms i mean like look at the greek pantheon and the roman pantheon those guys are screwing up left true. and right like it's really just like the christian god that is infallible most pantheons, at least the ones that I've read about, and the Forgotten Realms, like literally the only thing that makes the gods different from people is they can answer prayer and give and give magic. Like that's yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. If you're going to like a, a very Romanistic or I guess you're right. I mean yeah. also yeah, Romanistic or just like in the Forgotten Realms, literally the only thing that separates Torm from some guy is that Torm can answer prayer and grant spells. I was thinking, though, that's kind of weird. I need to look into it. But, like, the Saruk were the first living intelligent creatures on Abiratorial, the snake people. So would the deities that were alive at the beginning of the of the creation of Abiratorial, why would they look human if the only intelligent race were snake people? I mean, I think they can look however they however they want also like what they want yeah in fizzbands dragons created the first world and then there was a big war that broke the first world and stuff and the gem and the ruby dragon right. died sardior that's why there's no ruby dragon and that's also why there's no god of the gem dragons because he died and mm. while it's not canon mm-hmm. fizzban or frick what's his god name bahamut bahamut gets pretty gay with with how he talks about Sardior. Hmm. So I'm I'm hoping maybe there's something there that yeah, we don't know great. about yeah. because Sardior's dead. He he speaks about him in a way that's pretty uh, you know, implying some stuff. But um were the Saruk the first ones there or were they just the first ones to have an empire? They were the first cuz like in the history of the realms like because hu- it, humans were like apes. They were like the Neanderthals, apes. Or they were Neanderthals. Yeah. yeah. When Saruk had their empire. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't mean the creator... Like, I'm just saying, were the Saruk the first creator race there? Or were they the first creator race to have an empire? With an empire? I think they're the first one there, and that's why they were able to have an empire. Because, like, the elves hadn't come over from the Fey yet. Dwarves hadn't come up from the ground yet. It was the Saruk who were there the first first. Yeah, because, I mean, when I'm reading this... Sorry, I looked it up really quickly. All it makes references is of their empires. Okay. The Saruk and the Saruk empires right. are rulers of the Saruk empires from negative 3,500. And then the Batrachi empires from negative 33.500. Yeah, those were the amphibian uh, people, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so it's it's hard to glean here from like yeah. did they come first or were they just the first to have empires? Right. I mean, either way, that's the important thing. I mean, what matters is that you're doing stuff, not just chilling. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what came first, them or the gods. I think the gods, but the pantheons change a lot. Well, and this was back when it was abiratorial, so there's primordials walking around. So maybe like oh, those yeah. were the gods. 
the primordials. And then there was, yeah, and then there was the Days of Thunder, yeah. which the creator races lived through when the primordials and the uh, gods warred with yeah. each other and the gods ended up winning and primordials got kicked out. Yeah, so maybe it was primordials. But what I just thought about is that, so they get powers from their followers. Right. There's only a couple of them that don't. Um, Mistra, Ao, who doesn't even want worshippers, who created everything, and Bahamut, Tiamat, and what's his name? Nine Hills guy, Asmodeus. They don't need worshippers to get their powers they just always have their powers right but so maybe it's just that like they look human because that's where they're getting all their power from currently yeah that's what i i kind of have in my mind is like did they change their look as their following their follower base changed you know like i feel like in my headcanon there was a lot of snake gods there was like the snake god of sun there was a snake god of that that then just turned into the the human god of it. Or they got birthed because people made up Helm. Right. And he got birthed. I'm unsure. I know that the first gods were Saloon and um, Shar. Yeah. So like a snake Saloon, snake Shar. Maybe. Anyways, divergence that uh, I had on my mind. <laughs> Evereska lies hidden in the Grey Cloaks. No significant human settlement stands within 100 miles west of it. And to the east lies the desert sands of and the Anurok. The closest thing to a settlement is the Halfway Inn. A small village surrounds the titular inn, which itself is not a single building, but a small compound that includes stables and other outbuildings. The folk who live here year-round are hunters, trappers, gold prospectors, gem seekers, small holders, and their families. And it is they who staff the inn when traders come to see what goods they can reap from the region. Elven artisans sometimes come out of the Grey Cloak Hills to sell their goods here, and some of the best known can sometimes spark impromptu bidding wars over the rights to purchase their wares. The merchants then travel out and sell the elven crafts to others, which has given the Halfway Inn an undeserved reputation as Evereska's trading post. The inn serves good food, has a surprisingly wide selection of cheeses from all over Faerun, and offers a broad, well-stocked cellar of good wines. The beer is robust, even nutty in flavor, and the Tsar will catch most water Davians by surprise. It's been strengthened to elven tastes, ending up as an almond-flavored strong sherry. I love the call-out for cheeses there. Yeah. In that book that uh, I recommend if anyone reading this wants ideas for funky mundane things, it's from like two or three e but uh it's still cool it's like aurora's emporium or something it's a uh, mm-hmm. magical amazon like she'll send it magically over the world right towards you i think she's in Waterdeep. either way it has an entire section on cheese absolutely great <laughs> and the cheese you can order from her there's like 15 different types of cheeses in this book it's fantastic it's so funny i um yeah i think i like this idea of like the bidding wars of when the artisans come out it would be a fun little thing to have your party there and like some trait some elven artisans come in and like have little items that your party might want but they're not selling the items the elves don't care for gold pieces they want things from the world they can't have and have them have to do like find some ways to trade and like they have other merchants offer other things so they have to like you know they can't just offer the random bullshit i think that'd be a funky part of a quest yeah like not even like just offer something the party wants offer something the party like needs mm-hmm. yeah and so they have to win the bidding war and if they lose the bidding war well now they have to convince whoever won it to give it to them yeah yeah that'd be really good i they can't be calling it the halfway in i just think it's full of halflings <laughs> i know it's halfway not halfling but like they're too close of words this whole time i've been imagining yeah, everyone here is halflings <laughs> <laughs> 
it's funny a lot of halflings in this area i mean that doesn't that doesn't help with, with the name <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> everesca city is built on a lofty mesa nestled in a valley surrounded by high hills the three sisters are towering marble cliffs a thousand feet tall upon whose plateau the city glistens its winding streets and towering structures have changed little in thousands of years Buildings carved out of granite and marble are merged with living plants. The air smells of moss, leaves, and flowers. Streets paved with marble extend up vertical sides of great towers. The Eladrin wander over every surface, occasionally flying or levitating from place to place. The Hall of the High Hunt is an imposing structure of soaring marble minarets and vine-covered arches where the High Elders hold court. This council of most learned Eladrin includes fierce warriors, high mages, and nobles born of families that were old even when humans were still wielding bold clubs. Everesca has a number of temples devoted to the gods worshipped by the Fae. A statue of Hanali Selanil rises hundreds of feet above the city center, and the awe-inspiring floating gardens of Aradri Fena provides a tranquil respite. Though confusion accompanies the revelation that Hanali Selanil was in fact the elven aspect of the goddess Soon, and that Aradri Fena was none other than the primordial Akadi, the worship of the goddess of beauty and the lord of Skyhome are still major parts of life in Everesca. Both Soon and the Caddy must surely be pleased with Avraska, which combines draw-dropping beauty with stomach-dropping heights. Nothing is close to the ground here, and towers compete with each other to scrape the clouds. Pretty sweet. Love the towers. Love the marble. Yeah, marble towers. Love the building, and uh, I always liked the um, kind of like living city that you get with elves. You know how mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. architecture and plants are kind of co-mingling as one yeah i think it's funky yeah i like too that says living plants and not like trees because a lot of times wood elves and forest elves you have the they live in trees but i like the idea of like vines and yeah, yeah. bushes and stuff kind of melding in with this marble and having like a, a structure with it it's a really beautiful i've always liked the idea of like them fitting into grooves where it's like this tower wouldn't mm. be able to get this tall built just out of marble but because we have these vines that naturally that we've uh, kind of trained to grow in it yeah they reinforce the tower allowing it to reach heights otherwise unreachable that's cool that's very cool i think it's uh cool little bit of a elven architecture i like to imagine also quick little aside the eladrin i don't know what edition this info is from but eladrin used to be angels oh really that's why there's a whole bunch of lore of the eladrin going into the lower planes Mm. like there's a whole big thing about like the eladrin wars i forget if it's with the abyss or with the nine hells i think it's with the abyss and like um they even there was even a layer of i think the abyss for a while that was just run by a ladrin who took it over hmm. they got mercilessly slaughtered at some point right. um and it's because in older editions a ladrin used to be the elven angels oh, okay. and then slowly over time they morphed into the fey elves right and now they're kind of in this limbo where it's like if you need Coralon's angels you use a ladrin and just switch their creature type from fey to celestial right 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 
That's cool. Yeah, it's weird. When I was reading about the Abyss, it was weird how there's all this lore with Eladrin coming in, and it really confused me until I learned. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like, what do the Fae care about this? And then I realized that. Right. But uh, so I, I'm curious if this is referencing Fae Eladrin or Celestial Eladrin. This is from 4E. So um, in 4E, because of the spell plague, the Fae Wild kind of started to fuse in with Evereska. Right. Yeah. The tallest structure in the city is the tower higher than East Peak, which is so named because it's taller than the mountains east of the Vale that sometimes block the rising sun. I gotta say, fantastic name. Where do I need to go? The tower higher than East Peak. Oh, what do you mean? Well, there's a tower. It's higher than the Eastern Peak. Go there. Very just apt, just what it is. (laughs) Very apt, yep. The Academy of Magic and the Academy of Arms are sponsored by the High Mages of the Long Watch, respectively, and no finer wizards or fighters can be found in the world. Possessed of extraordinary power, the High Mages of Avraska keep their lore a closely guarded secret. Harpers are the only non-elves who can normally get trained at arms or magic in Avraska, although the occasional half-elf or of sufficiently exalted uh, parentage on the elven size may be taught. So there's a thing on the internet that i read about a lot Mm -hmm. which is people seem to have a problem reconciling my 500 year old elf is only as good at sword play as this 22 year old human right right and a lot of people say how does that make any sense i've been training for 200 years and the way to make it make sense is a way that i think is maybe a hot take but it's Listen to the books and restrict Arcane Archer and Bladesinger to just elves. Right, right. Because the thing is, is like the original lore is that the only way they're able to interweave this sort of magic, not magic, into their marksmanship is through hundreds of years of elven training. Right, right, right. And the only way they're able to interweave swordplay with this magic is through hundreds of years of elven training. Right. Even Oath of the Ancient Paladin has that flavor there's no original restriction or anything Mm -hmm. and it's one of the most powerful paladin subclasses their aura gives resistance to all damage from spells Mm -hmm. and so like well restricting subclasses to races i think is kind of maybe i don't like that at the same time i think it's cool if every race if we i mean dwarves have the barbarian uh terrible subclass the battle rager but uh still Mm -hmm. yeah but um I think it's just like, I don't know, if you have a lot of problem with reconciling the age of the elves with the fact that they're only as good as this 20-year-old gnome or 20-year-old human, just restrict the subclasses then and play one of those subclasses. Yeah, very true, very true. I like this idea of Harpers being able to um, train here. If you had a Harper party um, or like that was like a group patron, um have them come here when they're becoming like from level 10 plus or like what one of the higher levels to like train before they fight the next level of boss or they like you know have to deal with this thing like the harpers are sponsoring them to go train in Everesca because they they're like we really believe in what your journey is or what your goal is and like we think you need this help and they send them to Everesca to train i think it would be really cool it'd be a really cool place to have downtime yeah yeah just like i've trained with the hidden elves of Everesca. i've yeah, climbed like... the highest peaks i've killed the great dragon shishamalchiach i rode on <laughs> backs of giant eagles yeah <laughs> it's just sorry i was just thinking when we were talking about 
I've trained with them and I rode on flying mounts. I was like, wait, this is just sounding like fire emblem. Three houses. <laughs> it's like, what's your downtime? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's your, here's your hot teacher <laughs> that for some reason is about the same age as you. And they're going to tell you. <laughs> Love that. A garden-like series of lawns and wooded terraces interlaced with crystal clear streams that link spill pools and fountains. Birds, cats, and small forest creatures are numerous, and music is heard here and there. Splendid tall houses with many spires and balconies rise up through the many huge old trees. These trees are mainly duskwood and blue top, but almost all varieties can be seen in the Vale. Even the poorest, most crowded streets are clean, beautiful, and luxurious by human standards. It is on these streets that artisans live and work closely together, sharing the use of a public park rather than enjoying their own private grounds. Bunch of hippies. It's interesting, though, that it's like <laughs> they're like low class as the artisans, like the people who make things. It definitely shows like the hoity-toitiness of the, the, the higher up elves. Sorry, I was just rereading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, I mean, I said that as a joke, actually. I love elves. Yeah. I, I like the elven brand of hippie because I like that it's like pretentious hippie. Right. But it's like, but it's like pretentious and like, I don't know. It's not like the, oh my God, free it's love type yeah. of hippie, you know? It's like the, this is just what we do. And if you don't understand it, then that's because we're better than you. It's like cool kid. It's like the prep kid hippie, you know? And I, I, I like yep. it. It's a weird intersection of like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, spirituality and preppiness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Palatial Estates are home to the powerful and ancient noble families. The cold, sneering pride of these elven families is the greatest weakness of Evreska and the prime reason most non-elves wouldn't want to enter the Vale. Okay, you have a problem with the word Hanali, but not a problem with the word palatial? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) The the haughtiest of the elves even look down on elves of their own races whose lineages aren't as exalted as their own. Their contempt for elves of other races is usually open, and their abhorrence of non-elves loud and ostentatious. Some haughty elves have gone so far as to move their states as far away from the possible places that most often visited by humans. These places include Moondark Hill, where human worshippers of Salon Thelandria come, and the Unicorn and Crescent, an inn that welcomes harpers and heralds, and the Chosen Amistra on rare occasions when such visitors are in the city. I see... Just Evresco, the classic elves. Here you go. Yeah. Elven elitism at play. Oh, humans have wa- uh, walked through this neighborhood. I I, I want to move. I love. Also, I love the idea of it being like, I'm Elminster Amar. I literally in the shades of Sage of Shadowdale. I saved thousands upon thousands of elves during the war in Cormanthor. Chosen a Mistral, one of the greatest warriors and. Uh, Sages and wizards literally of all time have been alive for a thousand years. Some random level one elf commoner is just like, I don't care about any of that, you gross human. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Oh, brushes, the, brushes the dirt <laughs> off their shoulder. I need to go do the laundry now. Ugh, I'll never get this here. I might as well just throw it out. It's too close. I just, <laughs> I love that. Even the chosen so, yeah. Amistra they don't like. They're like, nope. Ugh. Gross yeah, you. I don't care about your credentials. <laughs> Elves of Evereska need little from the outside world. <laughs> Most of what they want comes under the heading of pursuing hobbies, 
From collecting coins or weapons from places as far afield as Zakara, to breeding experiments, to collecting magic, in exchange for the items... Okay, one of those is one of those is yeah, not like right? the other. <laughs> Did you just slip that in there to breeding? What breeding? Animals? Oh, Humans? Elves? What are, what, are they, what are they just slipping that in there? What is this Yuan P stuff <laughs> slipped under there? In exchange for the items or equipment needed for the pursuit of their hobbies, they usually sell baubles. The tinkling blown glass and metal wind sculptures that hang in the trees make soft music in the breezes from one end of the veil to the other. Tiny ornamented sapphire adorned silver bladed throwing daggers and belt knives that are much favored as hidden defenders among noble ladies all over Faerun. Vintages considered too poor for Everestian tables and small poems set down in exquisite calligraphy on slabs of ivory or the like in delicate hanging frames. Tiny ornamental sapphire adorned silver bladed throwing daggers. That is a mouthful and I love it. Yep. <laughs> I love that description so much. It's Belt so knives. much. That... Also, I, uh, uh, sorry. That's great. No, I just like, imagine like, wait, is that a coin from Mastica? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't spend anywhere. <gasps> I will trade you for that. <laughs> <laughs> also i really love the idea that it's like okay so i don't know you go meet with uh you know lord quill right and he's like mm-hmm. hmm, yes this is the finest wine you will ever try brought it in from the secretive everesco colony of elves this is a uh, ten thousand gold a bottle you better savor it while you're here it is uh called everescan mist wind and you're all like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. Oh, my God. $10,000 bottle of wine. And then you go to Everesca and they're like, Everescan, what do they call it? Mistwind? Mistwind, yeah. Everescan Mistwind. Two copper a bottle for this swill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Considered too poor. Only the half elves drink this stuff. Oh. <laughs> like, I love how they, they trade that out. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone else thinks it's a delicacy when the Everescan people are like, ugh, sell that to the humans. They can't tell good wine from rat piss. Yeah, exactly. I just think that if you ever have the chance, yeah. if, if they happen to dine with nobles and are going to Everesca sometime, time yeah. soon i think that would be such a great joke to throw oh yeah in. that'd be perfect freed Ferims from anurok attacked evresca with gleeful savagery exalting in destruction the ancient workers of evil shattered the city and toppled or blasted open many of its mansions the mythal was left in tatters of wild magic and now flickers and fades into sporadic strange bursts of power the slaughter of elves was widespread and terrible and the Faerim raged through the bowers and beautiful chambers, destroying everything within reach. As bewildered Everescians fought, too few and too late, to defend their refuge. Unleashing every magic at their command, the elves of Everesca eventually broke the Faerim attack, and in the end, most of the Faerim fled from Everesca, perished, or were left much weaker and wounded, and their wits and capable of only feeble magic. Some few uh, still wander the valley today. Only the youngest and least powerful elves survived the fighting, for their elders spent their their own lives protecting their heirs. Many of the elves also wandered the valley wounded and dazed in their wits. The dying mythal now cloaks Evresca in a mist or fine rain most of the time, and the untended gardens are beginning to overgrow the mansions, terrace lawns, and sweep and pass. Many of the beautiful arched bridges are broken and lie fallen, but the valley is so beautiful that I can still awe humans who see it. Pretty cool. 
I was gonna talk about rebuilding yeah. and stuff, but I um, it was immediately rebuilt. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading ahead and seeing that. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. I like in Minsk and Boo the new art for the Ferrum makes them look much better than that old art where they're literally just a walking uh, sunflower. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like I mean that's that's fine. Sorry, I'm looking it up right oh, yeah, now. Perfect. That's that's fine. Look like a weird walking sunflower, but they used to look too much like a walking yeah. sunflower. Exactly. <laughs> they were quite scary. And the one in Minsk and Boo is really cool because um, cool. for some reason these walking sunflowers are supposed to be just the best wizards ever. Well, um, they have strange magic that removes the moisture around them. Yeah. That's what caused the... Uh, well, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, like, so they have this weird, like, life-stealing magic. Yeah, but they're also, yeah, which is cool, but they're also just supposed to be, like, innately good wizards, and, um, which is funky enough as it is, they're weird sunflower things, why are they great wizards? But either way, I'm sure there's some weird explanation, um, that probably has to do with Netheril. Uh, some guy was like, what if I give magic to a sunflower? I don't know. Um, (laughs) but, uh... Either way, it's represented in their stat block by them being able to concentrate on two spells at once, which is mm, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool. cool way to represent, you know, this thing is just a ridiculously good spellcaster. Yeah. A century of relative peace has seen Evreska rebuilt. It was drawn, despite its reluctance, into a more visible role as one of the three major powers opposing the expansion of Netheril. The mythal was almost entirely rebuilt by Evreskan high mages after the Faerum siege. The city's mythal withered the spell plague with barely a flicker. The mythal is semi-sentient and committed to the protection of the city and its inhabitants. Its magic allows citizens and visitors to walk up and down vertical surfaces, as long as their feet and hand are bare, and cover the city in a protective aura that includes featherfall and other beneficial effects. The mythal provides protection from enemies in the form of a startling array of offensive spells that makes Evreska among the best-guarded cities in Faerun, rivaling Waterdeep and Shade. I love that if you're barefoot, you get spider climb. Yep, that's so good. <laughs> Just got a bunch of barefoot elves so they can spider climb around. I love that. Or like, combat's about to start. I kick my shoes off yeah. and run up the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just... You got a quick... Oh gosh! Quick remove shoes for <laughs> fighting in Everest. Just have like yeah, when they enter the city, they're like walking around, and someone like when they roll perception checks, they like you see an elf walk up to a wall. They kick off, they take off their shoes gingerly and place them aside, and wrap them in a small little bundle. They then start walking up the wall, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Everescan quick release shoes. <laughs> when the spell plague pushed the two planes closer together, Everesca drifted into the fringes of the Feywild and now exists equally in both places. Eladrin are taught at the youngest age to wander freely between worlds, and the f- all the defenses that protect Everesca from dangers of Feyrun protect it as well from the greater dangers of the Feywild. That's pretty sweet. I always like um, when cities come up that exist in the two yeah. worlds at once, whatever the second world is, Shadowfell, Feywild. Um, I think it's really Very cool. cool. I like that a lot. I think you could have some funny encounter where they walk in, to Evereska, and they're like, aha, we're tourists, oh my god. Hey, elf, you're being racist towards me. Hey, you elf, you're a nice elf, you like humans. That's cool, aha, oh, you're an Eladrin. Funky, funky, funky. <laughs> All right, we, you know, Americans are leaving Evereska now. You know, Americans in Europe or yeah. something, I don't know. We're leaving Evereska now. They walk out, they enter into the Feywild, because no one, <laughs> n- no one thought to tell them that that can happen. And they're like, yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah, where, where, where did we park the carriage? Was it, was it, 
was it next to that 50 foot tall smoking mushroom or was it next to that <laughs> sentient pile of rocks also why is there a why is there a road in <laughs> the sky what is going on <laughs> i think that could be that could be pretty funny in the right campaign oh yeah no i think that'd be great with the recent tragedy of mithranor's second fall Evereska has seen a lar- the largest influx of new citizens in many centuries in the form of Cormanthian brethren. They have been warmly welcomed into Evereska, but some of uh, their people are concerned that so many new residents will disrupt the peace and balance that they have thus far been able to maintain. At the same time, some of the newcomers have reacted unpleasantly to Evereska's reclusiveness, which they see as a form of prejudice or cowardice, and the few of the younger folk have taken it upon themselves uh, to speak on such topics rather heatedly. I love the idea of like a elven Roman forum. Yeah, yeah, that'd they're be just really like cool. shouting at each, they're just like shouting at each other in elven expletives about the the <laughs> original people being uh, mean to the refugees. That's a little. I was going to say that's a little pointed for today's politics. You know, the citizens of this place being upset about uh, refugees. Very, uh, I mean, I guess it's always been like that in North America. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I, I just love the idea of like the two sides at the forum arguing about it. I think it would be a really fun character to play this like an Everestian, like youth, revolting youth. And that you've been like kicked out or like you've shamed your family and they, they told you they didn't want you anymore because you've been starting too much of his stuff and ha- played this like youthful revolutionary be pretty cool. that's traveling traveling through Faerun. Another one, you could be a blade singer yeah. or an arcane archer. And uh, mm-hmm. during the Faerun attack, you were one of the ones that got really messed up and wandered through the mist for like, mm. this works best if you are starting late in the campaign, I guess. Even then, even if you were starting at level one, you know, you were... It took a long time to learn how to be a blade singer. Uh, wizards, I guess you need to start at level two. Wizards get their school at level two. So if you're starting at level two, and but you were one of the, uh, right. I don't know, newer recruits into the army of blade singers that were defending the city or whatever, one of the, you know, green bloods. And yeah, you got really injured and lost in the broken mythal and wandered through the mists around Evereska for like 50 years. And when you came out, yeah. you either came out into the Feywild or you came out just, you know, you found a cavern, walked through the mm. cavern, came out outside Evereska, and you were like, huh. And because the mythal was still broken at this point, you couldn't find your way back in. And maybe now, when the campaign is on, the mythal's been fixed, it's been rebuilt, but uh, yeah, yeah, you just started enjoying your life outside of Evereska. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, too, it would be really cool, kind of that same idea. You're saying, like, yeah, you're a young blade singer. It does say that, like, the youngest ones were the ones that survived because all the oldest ones, like, threw themselves out there to, to save the next generation. So have it as, like, this feeling of responsibility you have to honor the older the older elves to, like, they gave you this chance of life. And so, you're like, I need to be the best I can or the strongest I can to make sure it wasn't just in vain yeah that's cool with your 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 wanderer of the mist think of like having an elf in the gray cloak uh and like one desiccated arm because like the uh, you got too close to a, a Faerim casting magic like you just stabbed it right as it was casting and it uh took all of the moisture from your arm and made it so like a bunch of like you know the the muscles died and the the skin died and so you have this one kind of like grayish arm that is like l- dead or like doesn't work 
uh, anymore. It's like limp. And that's maybe why you kind of lost your blade singer powers or your arcane archer powers is because you didn't learn how to do it again with this new, um, this new challenge, but like you're adventuring and you're like return to, um, yeah, you return to adventuring or return to battle. You learn how to work with this new, um, disability pretty funky i like that also i was gonna say we talked way way back when one of our first episodes about yorn which is that weird place where elves get more they they get more fertile if they live there for a bit oh yeah i would definitely have some sort of like quest where there is like some everescian elves want to be like want to do uh, uh a trip down there in order to like live there, have kids and then bring back so that they can like after the the losses and the deaths that they can bring back like the former glory of Evreska and the, like the former numbers of like defenders they had. So they're like, yeah, well, if we get like some volunteers to go and live there, have kids and then bring them back. So like, yeah, you could be like on either end of that caravan like guards for these families that are going to go move. True. Nice little uh the- for the good of the elves, <laughs> being elf otaku. Uh, yeah, if you want to play the the if you want to play the classic holier than thou, you know, I lift my nose up at you, elf. Mm-hmm. Perfect place to be from. Uh, if you want to play not that, also a good place to be from. You left because everyone there was like that, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm not down for this." Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, "Yeah, they, they're too small minded. I want to go out and see." Or like, "Yeah, you're like they've been telling me that humans smell dwarves or." loud like i want to see for myself i want to make my own uh opinions and like so you're going out to like see if like they're just kind of lying to you and keeping you you hidden away yeah, that works i was thinking if you just wanted to be um, any kind of non-hoity elf you're just like yeah the people there are so pretentious can't handle this you got to you know as they said the lesser blood right. elves you're considered one of them right and so you're like i'm tired of the upper class sticking their nose down at me i'm an elf they say i'm better than every single person in the world except the people that live over on green street what if ooh, what if you're a half elf that like is a child of a everestian elf that they met during the like war with uh returned netheril like they were fighting with the Corm- cormirians um and like they fell in love but then after the war was done uh like your parent whoever was the elven parent like they were get like they weren't able to bring you back into Avreska, so you have like you have ties and you almost like like um Killmonger in right. Black Panther of like you have ties to this like wonderful, powerful mythical city, but it, they don't accept you uh because of this like weirdness that happened in your past. Right. Or you could uh spin it so that you are your father's or mother's, you are your parents' greatest shame. From mm. back when they needed to take emotional refuge with a human during the war, right. or even emotion emotional refuge with another half elf, because an elf and a half elf makes a half elf. Um, right. Um, they took emotional refuge in a time of weakness with, um, you know, a pitiful human or half elf, and you are your parents' greatest shame, and they want nothing to do with you, and they kicked you out scornfully, and now you are. Uh, you know, a fabulous paladin of Coralon trying to prove that you're worth your parents' affection. Yeah. By saving the world. Yeah. And then, but uh, it's never enough. I've killed three avatars of Bane and Papa still spits on me. 
Um, maybe you yeah. go to Everesca and have a really tense dinner with daddy. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I was, I had a concept of a, of a character of like, you grew up with your human parent. Um, like you're half elf and you grew up with your human parent and never really knew your elf parent. And then you're like, your human parent dies at age, like 80, whatever. And you are like crushed and all your friends are dying too. And you're still alive because you're a half elf. And then like, then your parent shows up a hundred years into your life. And you're like, where were you? You abandoned me. Like you never saw me. And your parents like, well, I just don't like kids. <laughs> I was waiting for you to grow up. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like to an elf. It's like, yeah, you're a hundred. Like you've hardly lived. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. That's it for our journey today. Make sure you have your Harper pin on if you want to make it in Everesca. Next episode, we'll cover the Backlands. Thank you, Lily, for joining me. Yeah. Also, thank you for the amazing cover art. Yeah. And blend us for the theme music, Around the Fire. You can find them on Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember to rate, review, or subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and have a great long rest. Bye.